0: once you actually start making a calendar, you realize how much time there actually is in the day for you to take on all these different tasks. (laughs) So I would kind of just schedule it. So like my evenings and like late afternoons would be more devoted towards like the business. And then the mornings and like early afternoon would be more devoted towards actually like my academics and studying. So that was kind of like what worked out pretty nice for me. And then my weekends would be everything just like selling and marketing and like everything for the business
1: Hey leaders, I have an amazing story here. Uh, James Ward. James came into our our summer uh, as a rookie window cleaning operator uh, out of Western, working in Mississauga as sort of well, well, well down the leaderboard. He had forty thousand dollars worth of window cleaning booked, you know, late April, early May when he got out of school. And a lot of times, the operators at that point will end up being around 50, 55, maybe sixty. Well. James just kept working and working and learning and learning and developing and developing. He's ended up number five in the company of our rookies and $110,000 for the business. And so we broke all that down, like what was going on. And by the way, not to say that $40,000 sold around a school schedule, heavy school schedule, isn't, isn't something good. It is good. It's It's just 110,000 is absolutely exceptional. So so really, really amazing just how much he's grown and how much he's developed. And I know you're just going to love this story um, and this commitment and the passion of this young entrepreneur, this young leader. You know why we do these uh, these podcasts is to attract other amazing leaders. Uh, we are in our recruiting season, so we're preparing for 2024. We have limited spots available. So if you know anybody who's looking for a fantastic opportunity, please send them our way. You could send me an email at thompson at studentworks.com. You could send people directly to our website at studentworks.com or you could share this podcast with them. Uh, Thanks so much. Have a super fantastic day.
0: So James,
1: welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on here. I'm thankful for this opportunity and I'm excited to dive in.
1: Fantastic. Me too. Me too. So James, why don't we go back to, you know, explain who you were like before becoming an operator?
0: Yeah. So before I actually became an operator, I was... Very different in like what my values were. I was like okay. very, very like academically driven and like super, like I'd study all the time for school. Okay. I was also like very big into like athletics and weightlifting. Like I was a big distance runner growing up like throughout high school and I was big into like weightlifting and like going to the gym over the past couple of years. Okay. But I also had like pretty bad spending habits and okay. I would come up, like party quite often during the school year. And okay. just kind of, like, waste my time chasing girls and like procrastinating the tasks that I needed to get done. Okay. But the other really big thing is like, I would always be like super concerned about like my future and like what's to come. Okay. So, kind okay. of just like all over the place. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and,
1: and, uh, but that makes sense to me. And, and so what had you thinking about running a business with us?
0: So in the past, I actually ran a lawn care business with okay. one of my friends. So I had worked office jobs, but then one of my friends had asked me to like start this lawn care business with him on the side. So essentially like the first day ever, like we went out door to door yeah. and we just knocked on people's doors and asked them if we could cut grass for them. Right. And then we ended up making about like 200 bucks that day and we were like super, super stoked about it. Yeah. And then we kind of carried that on and did everything we could that summer, like with our lawn care business. And we realized that like, there was a lot more freedom because you kind of just do things on your own time. Yeah. And the skills that you were getting were significantly better than like any other like traditional job that we could have possibly been working. Like we were learning how to deal with customers. We were learning how to schedule. We were learning how to like budget for certain things. So seeing student works, it was kind of like, okay, now I can take this to the next level. Like I can get coaching on how to do this even better. I can learn more about recruiting, more about sales, more about like production. So Uh that was a a big reason that I did it. And the other thing too, is like, for me, once I stopped running in high school, like grade 12, I kind of decided that, yeah, like I was going to go into weightlifting. This is kind of like the whole COVID phase. Yeah. And for me, what I realized, it was kind of just like, there was no real meaningful reason that I was doing it. It was all just about like aesthetics and the way you look. Right. So I kind of found like I wasn't really working towards anything meaningful. Okay. And my life, like I was kind of just like existing and like going through the motions. Okay. not doing anything that really meant something to me. So when Brandon was like coming around through the classes and like pitching, like what student works was, I just like saw it as like an opportunity to like get my life back on track and like do something that like I was really passionate about.
1: Okay, fantastic. Why don't we actually, because I know we'll see a lot of uh, a lot of students looking to run their own gardening business, run their snow shoveling business, window cleaning business, et cetera. and it's actually something that I did, you know, as well before I joined student works decades ago. So why don't we talk about the things you got out of it? like how big how big did your business, you and your partner end up getting? you know how much profit were you able to generate just just to to share with our leaders?
0: Yeah. so when I did that like the first year, like we weren't very big, but I think we had ended up doing just like around like twelve, thirteen thousand revenue, and we made like six thousand each. So it was nothing crazy, but like yeah. at the time as high school students, it was like oh my pretty god, pretty amazing. Like, yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Okay, no, that's great. That's great. And and then obviously it kind of tap out in terms of that learning, like you said that that you know and what what. How do I scale? How do I get better? Right is is a big piece of it because because that's actually a pretty good uh, business for again someone in high school. So why don't we? Why don't you share about you know walk me through your experience of your first summer? Why don't you walk me through the preseason and what that was like for you?
0: Yeah, so the preseason was a huge adjustment. Like it was learning and taking on so much like all at once. Like you were learning how to market like door to door. You're learning how to do the calls to set up quotes and then you're also learning how to like actually do the quotes. So kind of like what my preseason looked like because I was going to school at Western and my turf is in Mississauga. Right. So every weekend about like Friday night or Thursday evening, I would take the train home and I would go knock on doors in the evening and I would try and fill up my whole weekend with just quotes so that I could just sell absolutely as much as I could. And then coming into like the actual summertime, I was just in my head, well, here, I was
1: here. Why why do we pause there? When you think of the preseason, how did you manage and what did you struggle with? What was the challenge of working around your school? You know, because obviously you want to do well in school. So how did how how did that occur for you? How did you find that?
0: Yeah. So at first, like it was a little bit more difficult, but the one big thing that really, really helped was actually like scheduling things and like making your calendar. Okay. Because once you go Once you actually start making a calendar, you realize how much time there actually is in the day for you to take on all these different tasks. (laughs) So I would kind of just schedule it. So like my evenings and like late afternoons would be more devoted towards like the business. And then the mornings and like early afternoon would be more devoted towards actually like my academics and studying. So that was kind of like what worked out pretty nice for me. And then my weekends would be everything just like selling and marketing and like everything for the business.
1: Okay. And then, if we think about the three different phases of the business, you know, marketing, phone calls, the phone calls to set up estimates, or then the actual estimates. did you struggle at any of them a little bit more? Any breakthroughs in your thinking around doing that in the preseason?
0: Yeah. So at first, so the marketing was going well for me. I was totally okay with that. But then once I started going to quotes, I had a lot of like pending jobs, like a lot of jobs wouldn't actually book. And I just thought, oh, my God, like I'm terrible at quotes. I need to improve on my quotes. Yeah. But I had actually realized that it was from the eight point phone calls, the phone calls that I was making where I wasn't hitting all of the points and I wasn't setting expectations super clearly. And that's really what like caused me to not have like a very impressive booking rate. Okay, because my phone calls weren't like super crisp and I was missing out on certain points that needed to be talked about because essentially that's where the sale happens that I found is on the yeah. phone. If your phone call is pretty solid, then the quote you're kind of just you're going in and you know you're going to book the job. Yeah,
1: you're going and collecting checks or collecting a collecting a, a virtual payment. So so let's let's walk through that. Like what caused you, do you think, not to go through all the eight points? What was the cause of that, do you think
0: early on? Well honestly at first like I wasn't very confident on the phone. Okay. So I was kind of just trying to get through it. And I just had to assume that, oh, uh, well, I hit these points. So it's probably going to book. Okay. Like there was a lot of just like probably's and just like assuming that things would happen rather than yep. knowing for sure that yep. things would close. Okay. So I would say that was probably like the biggest thing. Just assuming you can never assume you have to like, know. you have yeah. to get yeses, no maybes, but like yeses.
1: And so what had you... What had you shift? What had you all of a sudden go, I got it. These eight point phone calls are really important.
0: Yeah. So I had a, like, I was having a lot of, when I was having a lot of pendings, I started going to like quotes a little bit more often with my coach. And then he would ask me like, did you uh, talk about this on the phone? Did you ask them these questions? And then I'd be like, no, like, no, I, I didn't do that. Right. And that's when like I started to realize that the phone call on those certain points that I was missing was actually like where I was losing the sale. Okay. Yeah. And then I started to realize like what the three biggest things were like in the phone call. Okay. That actually like made the difference and to me it was just setting the right expectations with the price range of the job. Okay. Making sure that all homeowners are going to be there or one of them is at least comfortable with making the decision. And then the pre close. So I found those those
1: three things. Yeah. So tell us about the pre close.
0: So the pre close is essentially like when you tell them, like, "Hey, we have a ten percent early bird discount." So I was just wondering that if you're happy with everything that we offer you, could you see yourself booking in and like taking advantage of that ten percent early bird discount? If they say yes to that and they know the price range, you know that they're going to book in. Right. But if you miss that pre close, you don't know if they're actually going to to book because they never said yes to any sort of sale, right? right. So yeah, you need to do yeah. that.
1: It's literally looking for objections. You're asking questions to see if there are, there are objections. So first of all, for me, I, I I definitely want all decision makers there just so that so that that's that closes the door for people. But it's, well, if I've already said I'm okay with this price, I'm likely to take advantage of that 10%. Well, then later on, that just allows us to have a way better conversation at their kitchen table or dining room table when we're, we're presenting those agreements to them, isn't it? So that's awesome. Yeah. And then during the preseason, you know, were you able to make headway on your recruiting goals?
0: Yeah. So recruiting was like one of the issues that I had slightly with my business. So okay, I did find some workers through referrals. Okay. So I was kind of going through social media and asking people that i like went to high school with or anybody that I knew if they'd be interested in like working with me this summer and I had found like four guys so I kind of just assumed okay like that's it I'm done I've got ah, two. Okay. nothing else I need to worry about anymore <laughs> and then eventually we show up to training and then two of them are freaked out on ladders and then one of them had like a family issue so like he couldn't end up working so now I had one guy right and then <laughs> that was terrifying yes so Kind of learned that, yeah, you've got to really put a lot of effort into recruiting in the preseason if you want to have things run smoothly come summertime.
1: 100%. You know, so basically, do you remember what number you were at like in April in terms of the the where you were compared to the other operators?
0: Oh, I was not even close to like whoever was on the leaderboards. <laughs> right. I think I was sold at around maybe like 42000 43000 at the end of the preseason. Right.
1: Yeah. No, that's exactly it. And I know at the end of the summer you're you're number five. And so were you number 40? Or what do you think you were? Number fifty?
0: Yeah, probably something. Something like that. Like that. Okay. The-
1: so and obviously having forty thousand dollars booked or you know, is 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 really great. And it just shows what a group of people we have in our business, and just just how committed people are. but you know so looking at your the rest of the summer, you know what what do you think made the difference? like, how did you make the the change to your staffing situation to be able to go and make sure that you had two crews that could produce hundred and ten thousand dollars worth of business?
0: So the summer was like a lot of work, like it was challenging, but it was very rewarding. So what I ended right. up doing is I had found another worker, so I had two right. guys and then one of them was supposed to be a driver but then the roof racks wouldn't fit on his car that i had for him okay so the way my summer kind of looked at the beginning at least it was like i would drive with my two crew members out to the jobs and i would end up like either producing with them or just always having to transport equipment ah. and then once that timeline was over i would come back grab a quick bite and then i'd go out and i'd go marketing just to make sure that i could like keep selling Right, but what changed is I had found like two more, two or three marketers who were kind of like working with me in the summertime, and so once May hit, like I was getting like a ton of leads and a ton of bookings, so that really helped me like make a big jump in like my business size.
1: Fantastic, fantastic! And how did you enroll those those uh, those new marketers in your business, James?
0: I essentially brought them on and like I kind of trained them on like everything marketing related, how to handle objections. And I don't know, we kind of, I kind of just made it. So we had like little competitions or like I'd buy them drinks or buying food right. if like they beat me. So they'd always be excited to like go out and like absolutely crush it and try and try and beat me and whatever I got. And so, I don't know, I found that helped them stay pretty enrolled. Awesome. And the other thing too, is like, I pitched it in a way where like, they would have the opportunity to like learn about sales and gain all of this, like, these communication skills and all this experience that you don't generally get in like other positions. Right. So that was something that they were like pretty thrilled and excited about too.
1: Fantastic. And one other big thing as well that, you know, just, just to highlight you were marketing with them. So that's also something I think that really, really works is, is that, is that, you know, it just makes it more inclusive. It's not like, wow, I'm better than the marketers. No, Hey, I'm going to go drive the business as well from out front, get lots of leads and they're going to get leads with me. Would that be accurate?
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like I find like One thing I know this at least bothered me when I used to like work other jobs in the past where it's kind of like your manager like gives you a task, but then you never actually like see what they're doing or what they're up to. Yeah. For me, I know that like I would have a much bigger appreciation if I saw the person above me doing the same task that I was doing. So, like, the way I thought is like if I'm working with them and I'm doing exactly what they're doing, they're going to have like a lot more appreciation for me and like respect. And it's it's kind of just going to make things a lot better.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, So what did you learn that you didn't expect this summer, James?
0: One thing is like nothing goes as planned. Okay. Like that goes to show with like recruiting for sure. Like I wasn't expecting that. I was kind of expecting, okay, I'll come into the, the summer. I've got two crews ready to roll. I can like yeah. wake up whenever I want. And then I can just have all the time in the world to like sell and market and do whatever it is that I need to do. Right. And that just did not happen at all. <laughs> like I had a lot going on with like production and I had right. to basically maximize my days to be able to get like all my production, like my selling in. Right. So I would say that was one thing. And the other thing too that I learned is like, there really is no secret formula to running like a super successful like student works business. Right. Like when I looked at the top leaders, and like I spoke to some of them, like I didn't, I realized like they're not really doing anything different than what I'm doing. Right. They're just working harder at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. And when you were sharing, by the way, James, oh, I was, you know, if I had those two crews, then I'd just be sleeping in and I'd be uh, all set. It has me thinking, well, isn't that a blessing that that didn't happen for you? Because if yeah. you think about You know, um, again, if you think about really successful people, that's not what they're doing, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. You know, I remember one of our uh, really successful alumni, uh, Jason Lewis, shout out Jason Lewis, you know, serial entrepreneur. He comes into January training most years uh, to come and talk. And I know one of the things that he, he shared about, you know, the success habits of successful people is they wake up early. You know, and then they get mm-hmm. to it and not to say they don't have fun, not to say they don't have a good time, but they wake up early and they get started. And so, like you said, you're pointing out, hey, what have I noticed from talking to other successful people? They're getting up, they're building their businesses, they're being in action. And again, like you you were leading your marketing in front and that just makes such a difference uh, for, for your business.
0: And was was this as hard as you thought it would be? I'd say it was a little bit harder than I was expecting. Okay. Okay. The one thing that I actually think is, like, obviously, a lot of people who come into, like, student works are, like, top performers, or at least they're, like, at the top in, like, all these different aspects of their lives. Yeah. So, I think they come in kind of expecting, like, they are going to be at the top in this, too. Yeah. And to be completely honest, I thought the same thing. Like, I remember... When I was having like my max launch meeting with my coach, I set like a goal of like $150,000. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to be the hardest worker. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to be number one. And I started doing it and I realized like how difficult it is. Yeah. But the other thing I realized is like, it's very, very doable as long as like you put the time into it. And like you're, you're really, really working hard. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I would say.
1: Sure. And so what did you have to overcome to, you know, big things that you had to overcome to achieve what you've achieved? Hey, leaders, I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As we approach and surpass 300 episodes, well over 95% of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now and only for the fall months, we will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit. Student works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold student works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. back to the show
0: I would say like you really have to be willing to sacrifice a lot. That's one big thing. like I kind of just like gave up like like not completely, obviously, sure. but like going out a lot more, just like kind of. Hanging around with like friends and not really like being super productive. Right. To me, like, it, it's not like a huge sacrifice because, like, I really enjoy like running my business. I don't see it as like, this is work. This is something I have to do. I see it more as like, this is something that I get to do. Yeah. And then the other thing too is like not getting complacent. Like, you at no point did I like look at the number that I had and say, okay, like this is enough. Like, I'm happy with this. Yeah. Like even after i hit like 90 like i hit the top performer trip i was like okay now it's time to do 100 like let's go let's make this happen right so it's like if you're not getting complacent and you're always working towards like something bigger and bigger and like you keep raising that bar i feel like you can kind of overcome any like doubts or setbacks that you may have
1: absolutely because i was looking at your stats right now and it's it's one of the things that we've experienced in our window cleaning business, you know, this business has grown from $150,000 seven years ago to now 7 million. So pretty exceptional, pretty amazing business, you yeah. know, just, and teaching and coaching students to do amazing things and develop leadership. And it's interesting, come July, so many of our operators all of a sudden start checking out and it's like, wow, the, the because they can, their crews all of a sudden just take care of their production and start doing it. And then maybe even they've got people helping sell jobs. They start doing less and less. And as a result, they start doing even less and less. And and it's, it's just this cycle. And it's a negative cycle that has them doing less and less, accomplishing less, making less, and I think becoming less than they could in their program. And I wanted to highlight you. And this is why you're on the podcast, you know, as, as somebody who's, you know, we call the most improved rookie this year in window cleaning. And so as of July, these are the weeks that, that uh, James put together uh, 3,300, 3,700, 5,700, 6,700, 5,300. And that was, that was a an August week, 5,300, then 800, then 1,600, then 2,100. So just kept selling, kept selling, kept gr- driving your business. And, you know, if we think about it as well, in terms of of profit, you know, 76,000 to 110,000. So that's $35,000 at probably 40% profit, you know, cause all the expenses are paid. So it's like, wow, is that ever just like, what a remarkable summer just for those two months, not ne- nevertheless uh, everything else.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't know. You just got to got to keep pushing and like making things happen. And obviously like yeah, like it pays off financially. Like the numbers are definitely nice when I see it rolling in on like payroll weeks. <laughs> but yeah, you just you just gotta keep going. That's my advice for everyone.
1: That's your advice for everyone. Yeah, you're right. So all of a sudden and and producing uh, you know, these big these big payrolls where, you know, payrolls in our terminology is just leaders is is how much business you're bringing in, in on a payroll on a, every second week uh, during during the summer. So if you think about it, what was really being able to drive that that business in July and August? How were you able to drive that business? What activities were most significant,
0: James? So I would say marketing and calling are like obviously like the biggest things. But then taking advantage of referrals so like as long as you're marketing you're gonna have leads that are rolling in and if you're calling those active leads like you will get them booked in you just can't right. wait too long you've yeah. got to like stay on top of things but the other thing too that i did is like just asking people like hey who else do you know that wants to get work done and then if they give you a name then you go call them and you get them booked in right. so i would say that that's like one very big thing too But actually, one unique thing that I did that's probably a little bit different than other operators is I called, like at the time, like Eric Latang. he was like number one. Shout out to Eric. Shout out to Eric. So I called him and I remember seeing like his average job size was like $1,000. So I called him and I was like, how on earth are you doing this? Right. And he said, oh, I've actually done like a little bit of driveway sealing. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I can figure that out. Mm -hmm. And so... I did that a couple jobs and then I found this one guy who put, who referred me to like three of his brothers. And then obviously those job sizes are a lot bigger. So I ended up booking like a lot of work out of doing that too. So I kind of just found like other ways to also kind of like help my business grow.
1: Extend your business. No, that's great. And I know one other thing as well is, is that you were marketing around your job. So why don't you describe that and how that was making an impact?
0: Yeah. So in terms of like marketing around your job is like, it's probably one of the most effective ways of marketing is when other people in the area actually see your crews doing work on someone's house. And that's a, that's a much better way of like building trust immediately because they can actually see you doing the work. And they can see that one of their neighbors has trusted you to let them do work for them. So you kind of just go up to like a neighbor and say, hey, look, like we're working on so-and-so's house. We're doing these things. What are your thoughts on getting it done this year? Or Like, do you have any plans to get it done this year? And then even if it's not something that they've been thinking about in the past. Maybe it brings it to like their front of their mind. And now they start to think about it. And I don't know. I found that was like super, super effective.
1: Totally, totally is, and 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 I think one of the great things on the window cleaning side side of the business is so many times it's just like oh yeah you're right I do need window cleaning look at this I'm just looking at my windows right now and I go yeah I wish someone was around it would be great because you know the windows are dirty right and so people oh they like they like and they want to maintain their home fantastic someone's here I can get it done quickly so it's just meeting the needs of of consumers so 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 I think that's really a great you know value proposition that that, that you have in the business so so how do you think this uh, this experience is going to help with your career?
0: Yeah so in terms of my career, I'm still like slightly unsure of like exactly what it is that I want to do. Right. But I do know that like down the line, I do want to run a business. Like I've absolutely loved this experience and it's something that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. Right. And so even though I don't know exactly like what type of business or like what industry it is that I want to enter, Works has like given me the systems to know how to actually run a business when that time comes. So even though i don't know what business it is that i want to do i would still know how to sell i would still know how to recruit and i would still know how to like actually go about like organizing production so right. i would have all of the skills that i would need in order to actually like go out and execute that business down the line
1: absolutely absolutely and then of course there's a bunch of learning to do around the specific industry that we get into right and and so sometimes that can mean you know doing courses sometimes it can mean going working in industries with the specific idea of of starting something you know obviously sometimes we're creating a new space you know certainly some of our alumni have done that and one thing that we didn't actually cover and i wanted to sort of talk about is one of the things that, again, I, I chuckle about, and, and you can tell I don't, I'm do not i not too attached to exactly how well the business does. We're just looking to make improvement every year. But it always just interests me how little our window cleaning operators will market later on in July and August with how much they market it in February and March when it's mm-hmm. freezing and it's cold. And, and again, people are so excited to win. And then all of a sudden they're winning and this complacency comes comes over them and saying, "Well, I'm just fine. I've I've made my 15, 25, 35,000 or whatever it is, and all of a sudden people stop working as hard." And uh, I kind of chuckle cuz sometimes I go, "Well, that's that's not independently wealthy money." <laughs> it doesn't, you know. So, but yeah. but that's something that happens. So, one of the things that I know you and Brandon in your meetings worked out was what was the hourly uh rate that you were making james when you were canvassing in july and august what did you find
0: yeah so what i ended up working it out to be is like we found that it was about like 50 an hour because i had actually yeah like i had asked brandon because i was it was towards the end of production so i figured okay i have a little bit more time now maybe i can just actually go and produce the work with like some of my guys yeah so i have a little bit of extra money in my pocket but when you work out the money in the financials, you kind of see that your time, if you're producing is valued at around like $20 an hour. Right. But if you're actually going out and you're canvassing, the amount of time that you spend getting a lead, calling them and then booking them in for the quote and having that job produced works out to roughly like $50 an hour. So it's like it's over double. Exactly. Exactly. And
1: and and so it's just like, wow, that's pretty crazy. And then, and then again, when people think, oh, wow, next spring, I'd really like some extra money. I'm running out, you know, the mm-hmm. typical student's experience, right. You know, as I'm getting into April, you know, so it's, so, so again, it's just sort of having that long-term focus. Um, any other setbacks or challenges that you went through that you want to sh- share with our, with our leaders?
0: Yeah. So one of the biggest setbacks, like I sort of mentioned this a little bit earlier, was kind of like my recruiting, and that really yeah. came into like play a set a huge toll on me. Right. So, like I mentioned, like when I started and I only had two guys, I was basically driving around the driving them around yeah. and driving around the equipment all the time, and I was just like super exhausted because I'd be getting up super early in the morning to just transport equipment, maybe yeah. produce with them here and there, and then actually like go out to market and make calls in the evening. So my whole day was basically just being used like nonstop. And I felt like I was just burning out and becoming super exhausted. Right. So I scheduled a meeting with Pat and he kind of talked to me a little bit about it and made it super clear. And he was like, you should never have to delegate a problem that shouldn't exist in the first place. Right. And he's 100% right. So what happened was like I had taken on a production manager to basically drive all the equipment around for me. Right. When in reality, all I had done is I had put someone in to fix a problem that shouldn't even exist in the first place. Right. What I had learned is just like the expectations that you set with your workers before they actually get started need to be very, very, very clear. Yes. Because They need to know exactly what their responsibilities are in order for like everything to be running smoothly because- Had I told them and made it very clear that like they are responsible for driving the equipment around to jobs, like during the entirety of like the summer, then I wouldn't have had to like waste a lot of the time in my days driving things around and actually producing work. And I could have put that towards more valuable things like making $50 an hour canvassing and (laughs) calling people, right? So I would say that was definitely like one of the biggest setbacks. One of the other things too, is kind of just like you got to like trust your workers too. If you're one of those guys who's kind of like always there, like telling them what to do, they're going to sense that like you don't fully trust them. And they're also not going to like feel fully confident in the work that they're doing. Right. So that was the other thing I learned to do like a little bit later on in the season. It's kind of just like, let them do their own thing. They've been doing it long enough. So they definitely know how how to figure it out. And I would say one of the other things too, like one of the other setbacks was... Yeah. I would say like wasting my time on more insignificant tasks. Okay. So things that like should vary, that could very easily be delegated. Okay. Maybe like filling out the has forms or the safety forms, right? Like that's something that my workers should be doing that. Like I was doing, right? Okay. The other thing too is like setting up a good structure for collecting final payments. Like yes. I know a lot of people on my team have like implemented like Google Forms. And I wasn't doing that. And I was basically having to call people all the time and saying, Hey, yeah. like, um, this is the remaining balance. Just please Can send we get this. paid. You bet. Yeah, exactly. And it was just like, it's just a nightmare having to chase people down. So, yeah, yeah kind of yeah. those three things would probably be like the biggest setbacks.
1: Yeah, setting up, setting up structures so that the business just, just collects money. You know, it's like, oh, there it is more money in the bank account. Isn't this great? Right. So, yeah, Yeah. that's that's awesome. And what lessons that you're learning? This is fantastic. And then other lessons, you know, just around habits. What key habits would someone want to steal from, from you? What key habits have you installed into your life?
0: Well, I would say hard work and like discipline. I feel like discipline is not so much a habit. It's more something that like you develop. It's more like a quality, but like in terms of hard work, it's just like you need to become super clear on your goal and like why you want to achieve it. Right. Like for me, it was like, I wanted to run like this six figure business because to me that proves that I'm capable of like running my own business successfully and I could do it if I absolutely had to, like I know that I can go out and run like a successful business like later on down the line. And so that kept me like super, super driven towards like proving that to myself. And because I was super clear on that one goal, I was like able to work super, super hard. Right. Right. But like, I feel like you can't just work hard at something that doesn't really mean a lot to you. Like, say you were hired to I don't know, something random, like you were like sweeping floors in like a factory and there was like a competition to like sweep the floors the fastest, right? You're not going to want to work hard towards that because it doesn't mean anything to you. For sure. Um, When you're working super hard at something that's meaningful to you, then it definitely pays off and you feel a lot more fulfilled. So I would say hard work is like probably the biggest thing that helped me out this summer. And I would also say self-confidence. Right. So being confident, goes a really long ways, especially like when you're going to quotes and trying to book people in for sales. Yeah. Um, but there's a really big difference between just saying you can do something, but actually believing it. Yes. So like people could come and say, yeah, like I'm going to run a million dollar window cleaning business versus like actually truly believing that you can go out and do it. Those are two very, very different things. So like I had set this goal of like, well, initially it was like 150,000. Right. And like at heart, I wasn't fully convinced that like I could do it. Sure. But once I started doing, the preseason had happened and I saw how good my results were in June. And I had set a different goal in May and June. And I had set a different goal to like 90,000. I like truly believe that I was able to do that. right? And I ended up being able to actually execute on it. But in terms of like self-confidence, I feel like that kind of just comes from keeping the promises that you make with yourself and like actually doing the things that you say you're going to do. Right. Because you can kind of think of like you have a relationship with yourself, right? So if you're doing everything that you say you're going to do and you're keeping those promises to yourself, you're building trust with yourself. But if you don't actually go and do those things, it's like you're lying to yourself. So you're not yes. going to be calm. so hard work and self-confidence. Those yeah. two.
1: Those are those, and those are things that readily and regularly, our operators will see just an enormous improvement and and solidification of. Oh wow, I'm a really hard worker. I'm confident in my ability again to do what you say. Hey, I'm going to keep working on my business and and again seeing that difference and and you know from 40k in May where a lot of times operators will end up at 50. You know at 40. You know like and and no 40 to 110. You know, and just the the difference in not only what's in your bank account, but just who you are as a person, who you are as a leader, the things that you learn just just monstrously different. So is it anything else you'd like to share, anything else that we've been missing uh, in the podcast?
0: Well, I would say like the other thing too, would be like just take big risks that like scare you and and really like challenge you. Mm-hmm. like really just like step out of your comfort zone. I know it's something that's said very often but like it really does go a long way. Like I know during the time when I was getting interviewed for student works, I also had someone who offered me like an internship on like Bay Street. Right. And obviously like to a lot of like people that would be like, "Wow, like that's amazing." But the way I kind of saw it it's like it's still something that's like pretty traditional kind of just like working like the office jobs which aren't bad, like they are still amazing, but I saw right. this is this is a totally different experience. You can get like so much more out of like running a business learning all of these skills so I just thought as like this is going to be like a big risk this is going to be a big challenge so like I just wanted to jump on that so I feel like if you are taking those big risks then you will grow a lot more and especially when you're young too like sure. you really don't have anything to lose so I say go take those big risks when the opportunities come
1: Fantastic. And so when you think of a leader of tomorrow for our final question, what do you think of, James?
0: Well, when I think of a leader of tomorrow, I feel like it is someone who guides a team of people towards like a certain vision or goal. I feel like the one thing when people hear the word leaders, it's always like associated with other people or like a team. Mm-hmm. But I feel like an actual leader also has like a different set of qualities from like most people. Like I feel like most leaders are like they're lifelong learners. They're like super committed to growing, like regardless of the stage in their life. Like right. they're always trying to improve themselves, whether it's like mentally or physically or spiritually. And like they're always open for opportunities. So like they, they all have like these like wonderful set of qualities. But it it definitely is like a leader does is someone who guides a group or a team of people like towards a goal or a vision. So I would say, yeah, it's Definitely like those two things.
1: Fantastic. Well, that's awesome. Well, well, James, you know, congratulations this summer on guiding your team to a really, really exceptional season. So excited to see what you can go create next year with all the learning you've had this year. And uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast.
0: I appreciate it. It was a pleasure.
1: Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye now